We've been talking for the last three broadcasts about how a Christian woman can win her unsaved husband to Jesus Christ, not by nagging him with the gospel, but by a life that wins. Now, it's interesting that Peter takes up this very subject in his first epistle in the third chapter. He doesn't turn it around and talk about uh, unsaved uh, hus- uh, wives being won by uh, believing husbands. Of course, that situation persists too. But probably in Peter's day, just as in today, the, the circumstance more frequently occurs where the wife is a believer and the husband is not. I don't intend to discuss that question in any depth as to why that should occur, but it seems that in all ages there have been women who followed the gospel when their husbands did not. At any rate, today there are many women in that situation, and it's to those women that we're speaking again in this broadcast and in a broadcast or two yet to come. It's very important to notice that Peter says that husbands are to be won through what I would like to call aggressive submission. Now, last time we were talking about that submission, and we saw that a Christian woman was to be subject to her husband even if he was an unbeliever. That's what Peter says when he says, Wives, be submissive to your own husbands so that even if any of them are disobedient to the word, they may be won without a word, that is, the wives' words, by the behavior of their wives. So a wife is to be submissive to her husband even if he's an unbeliever because that authority which that unbelieving husband exercises when he exercises it properly is an authority given by God himself, just as the state's authority, even though exercised by an unbelieving uh, ruler, is an authority given by God himself, as Paul says, in Romans 13 and Peter says in 1 Peter 2:13. And so there is the authority of God in the home wherever a husband uh, is living with his wife. Now, she's to be submissive to him. But that submission, of course, does not extend to anything that the husband would ask her to do that would violate a plain and clear commandment of Jesus Christ, we said. That, of course, does not mean uh, that there are all kinds of loopholes here for the wife to squirm out of this responsibility, but rather we're talking about a plain and straightforward and clear violation of a commandment of God. If there's any question about it, the husband ought to be given the benefit of the doubt. But when the word submission is used, many wives think, oh my, that means I've got to become a doormat. I've got to lie down in front of the door, and when my husband comes home every night, there I am dutifully asking him to rub his boots and the mud on his boots all over my back. Uh, Submission is doormatism, is what many women think. Now, that is not what the Bible teaches. That's an oriental concept, where the wife walks three or four steps behind her husband, bowing and scraping and that kind of thing. That is certainly not the biblical concept, and if you doubt what I have to say, then just clearly read the last chapter of the book of Proverbs that shows a woman who is quite fulfilled, uh, an ideal woman, an ideal wife, in living a submissive life. 
Submission leads to freedom and joy and productivity and fulfillment and activity of all sorts. There was a woman who was holding down three or four jobs. She was dabbling in real estate. She was giving to the poor. She was uh, intellectually green and, and uh, spiritually alive, and others came and sought her wisdom. This was the ideal wife, according to Proverbs, not some kind of a squashed potato. No, a wife is to be somebody who is to be vital and alive, and her whole personality is to be used in the service of her husband and her family as she seeks to love God and honor him through that. There is no lack of fulfillment in the marriage relationship. Well then, what are we talking about when I say that a wife must learn how to be aggressively submissive? Isn't, aren't those two a, a contradiction in terms? Absolutely not. It is not doormatism, not a passive submission that we're talking about here, but quite an active submission. You see, the wife is actually, if she is a believer and her husband is an unbeliever, she is commanded here to declare war on her husband. She is the one who is the aggressor. She is the one who takes the active role in what is going to happen in the days to come. She doesn't just sit beside uh, aside passively uh, uh, accepting and receiving everything that happens and somehow uh, prayerfully containing herself. Uh, it's, of course, there are times when she must do just that. But that is not her basic stance toward her husband. Her stance toward her husband, according to Peter, is that she is going to declare war on him. <clears throat> Peter says that she's to win him. There's a battle to be fought. You say, boy, I'd like to declare war on my husband at times. Well, now, wait a minute. That's not what I'm talking about. Let's, uh, let's just cool that a little bit until we have a chance to explain this. When Peter talks about declaring war on the husband and winning him for Jesus Christ, he's talking about taking him captive for Christ. And that's exactly what you're going to have to do, Christian woman, to declare war on that husband and throw all of the heavy artillery at him that you have. You're to bomb him with bombs of kindness. You're to uh, strafe him with bullets of love. You're to bring all of the heaviest artillery and the best strategy possible into this warfare to take that man captive for Jesus Christ. But you notice the bombs are kindness. The bullets are consideration. It's love. It's this kind of warfare that you're going to bring to bear upon him. And that's the one kind of warfare that he will mo find most difficult to withstand. Oh, he can ward off all of those words that you uh, shoot at him. He can turn a deaf ear, as we say, to all of your best bullets of uh, strategic arguments. But one thing he cannot turn aside is you as a woman becoming more and more considerate, more and more loving, more and more submissive, more and more kind, more and more tender, more and more whatever it is you need to be in relationship to him. This is what is going to win him, Peter says, if anything will. This kind of behavior, this kind of living in his presence. Now I suggest that you begin in a very practical way to do something about this. I suggest, suggest that you sit down right now and get a pencil and paper and write out seven things that you can do to please your husband, just to please him, for no other reason. Read Philippians 2, verses 2 and 3 to begin with, 
and see how Paul says that we ought not to please ourselves or put ourselves first, but that we ought rather to put others in that position. And you start thinking that way about your husband. Start thinking about putting him first in your life. Start thinking about how best you can show your love and your consideration and your submission to him. And write down on that list seven small, special things that you've never done before to please him. And then starting tonight, do one thing to please him each day for a week. And then next week at this time, sit down and write out seven more and keep going. This is one way to begin, as well as analyzing all of the areas in which you're failing and to start correcting them before him as well. Lord, we pray that wives will go to work in this battle to seek to win their husbands this very day. For we pray in Christ's name, amen.